All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. Now, SCAR stands for Secret, Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbart. Now, I have a great, wonderful guest on the line, but before we get into all of that, I want to tell you sort of the intent of the podcast, kind of the why are we here, so to speak. And we are here to work out our trials, our issues, our hardships in such a way that we can begin to uncover God's plan for our lives. But you may be listening and say, Dustin, but why do I need to listen to SCAR? And the truth is, we all have stuff. We all have hardships. We all have issues, junk, that can begin to accumulate and even change the trajectory of our lives if we don't have a safe outlet or avenue to overcome those. And so that's what we do here at SCAR is just basically help each other by sharing our own hardships and issues and struggles and expertise on overcoming. So I'm glad that all of you are tuning in. And without further ado, I have a brand new guest, uh, my new friend, Miss Mary Catherine Morales. Please say hello. Hello, everyone. And Dustin, well, thank you so much um, for having me as a guest and introducing me to your tribe. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here with you. I am extremely excited uh, to have you on here. As soon as I saw your story, as soon as I saw kind of uh, got a got a peek into your mission, I knew I had to have you on here. So um, tell me a little bit. Um, so Mary Catherine is the founder of Woman of Principle. Please tell me a little bit about this, Mary Catherine. Well, Woman in Principle is is really about uh, three things. It's about uh, women feeling empowered and recognizing that we have a transforming mind, right? And the Book of Romans talks about that, that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So yes. it's about transforming our thought process every day. It is about living a courageous, bold life and rising to the call and to the purpose that is on our lives because every woman every child of god has a call and this community and this woman so to speak understands um that if she stands on the bold promises of god uh she can be all that god has called her to be so i i love that a, a woman feeling um empowered and now let me ask you um now of course i I'm assuming for your mission, and, and, I've, and I've seen and heard a little bit of your story, you haven't always felt empowered. You haven't always been um, this, this thought leader in this space. Um, tell me a little bit of your backstory and how we got here, Mary Catherine. Well, I appreciate that question. And what do they say? It takes 10 or 15 years to become an overnight success. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so... Um, like so many other women, um, I once had the story of unworthiness and shame. And that, I don't know if any of your lady listeners can relate to uh, perfectionism. Yes. But those were the kind of um, character defects or the thoughts that I had about myself that I had to be perfect, that I wasn't good enough, smart enough. And um, all of those things began to add up in my life. And I'm very proud and grateful today to say that I'm um, a sober, amazing woman in the program. 
um, been, you know, in the program for, for more than 20 years, but there was absolutely a time in my life where I was a beautiful woman with a bright future who had a terrible addiction and the addiction was winning. Uh, despite my faith in God, despite my dreams, despite all of the, th- the things that I really truly wanted for my life, I had made some bad decisions and, and found myself really underwater and, and looking for a way out. And so through the grace of God and a community of people who never gave up hope uh, for me and kind of prayed me um, into a safe place, Uh, One day at a time, I rebuilt my life, and it was through that process um, when I was, you know, crying out to God, and I was like, man, this this life that I have, it is, it is terrible. It stinks. I hate it. Um, Don't want it. And I said, God, please, I'll take anything other than this addiction, because at least then people wouldn't hate me. They wouldn't be so judgmental, and maybe they would be more compassionate. And, um... I'm telling you, Dustin, um, in that moment with God begging and pleading for something else, I, I literally heard in my spirit, Mary Catherine, you will recover and you will write a book about the journey through hell to home. Wow. And at that time I was like, no, yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> the worst idea I've ever heard in my whole life. Right. Who am um, I to write a book? Yeah. Who am I to write a book? And I certainly never thought I would be bold enough, authentic enough, or okay enough to tell people about my past. So so let me ask um, you this. In the midst of that, you mentioned that you had people that never gave up on you and um, yeah. In 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 my book is as well one of my one of my key battle principles is 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 having spies and I mean people that tell you what you need to hear not just want what you want to hear uh, uh, people around you that bring you out of the pit that bring you up and lift you up how important is that in a in a downward moment or a downward spiral how important are those people around you in a moment like this. Well, you and I both know that the battle that we're in, um, even in the good days, right? It's not it's not a battle of flesh and blood. It, it's really a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And so there was one specific moment, and this is many, many years ago, but I knew that my dad was the spiritual leader of the home, and I knew that he and my parents had kind of a um, supernatural um position in my life and over my life and I remember one day in the living room of their home really like broken and you know feeling overwhelmed and crying and saying if you guys let go of me spiritually I'm out you know Mm. the the enemy will win and I said just please do not quit praying for me and so I was very fortunate to have uh two parents that despite their frustration and and what I was facing continue to pray for me I have an amazing best friend and my brother uh, one of my best friends uh, Lynn never quit praying for me and then again a community of people in recovery therapists medical doctors friends 
Wow. Uh, prayer warriors that just kept pulling me back out of the gates of hell and, and back home. So, Mary Catherine, you, you are in the gates of hell. You are basically feeling like my life is meaningless, my wife, my life is, is, is worthless. And all of a sudden you sort of have this epiphany of, hey, you're gonna write a book about this and you're gonna you're gonna help lead people out of this situation and you're thinking, Yeah, right, who am I? Take me kind of through that transition of how you realized my life does have meaning, my life has purpose, and kind of start to shift me towards that transition. What did that look like for you? Well, I wish I could say to you and to your tribe that that was the moment that, you know, things immediately began to turn around in my life. Maybe I was more stubborn or sicker than a lot of people, but I, I... there was still a long road ahead of me of starts and stops and um, getting well and then and taking a wrong wrong turn again. But ultimately, I left that encounter with the Holy Spirit knowing that there was hope, mm. knowing that I wasn't alone, knowing that somehow, some way, this this supernatural source of love knew that I was there, and I I don't know if that sounds relatable, but I knew that I wasn't alone, and so that encounter with God gave me the courage and the strength to keep persevering, to keep moving forward, to keep trying one day at a time, and it's it's a long story, but at the end of the day, uh, through the process, you know, meeting my, my husband and becoming a second mom to Mia, their love also made a difference and eventually um, had a couple of other encounters and ended up going into treatment, getting the help that I needed, and rebuilding my life. And I have an amazing life through the grace of God today. Yes. And and I'll tell you, what um, what God wants to do in and through our struggles is just, is really is amazing. And it really is beautiful if we will allow Him to work in and through that. Now, sometimes... Uh, in the moment, it feels like just like you said, hell on earth, and we don't we don't understand uh, the battle. And a lot of it, we get in in our own self, in, in a in a living in a fallen world, and and things happen, and and we find ourselves in these situations. But we do know this that that. Uh, all things work to the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And and when you allow that to really transform and renew your mind, which is your That's your right. one of your number one thing for, for women feeling empowered and uh, is is just knowing that, that you are a child of God and that he cares for you and you are never alone so that's beautiful and how did you find um, how did you find it in your mission that hey I want to help women I want to help women overcome uh, their challenges and hardships and this is my path well I remember on a long drive with my mom when I was getting well and I said in the car, you know, and this is, gosh, probably even 25 years ago is, you know, mom, when I get better, I'm going to create a path for women. Um, and that's really what women of principle is all about, right? It's about all women, um, becoming who God called her to be. It's about whether, you, you know, they face, um, addiction or they lost a, a, a career that they love or, 
a, a child or a husband, um, a, a dream just kind of crumbled around them, overcoming, you know, a serious illness, whatever it is, there is a journey through hell to home. There is a journey for women of faith truly understanding that she is loved, she is accepted, she is um, predestined, like it says in the book of Ephesians, to do something really, really terrific. So this community is really about all women shifting from self-doubt to supernatural wisdom or from concern to confidence or from anxiety to peace. And ultimately shifting from a success mindset to a significant mindset. And that's my commitment to women. I don't, I think I'm just the vessel and being able to use my life as an example. um, But it really is about her. You know, it's about her achieving her best life. And we've created and are creating a community of women so that every single woman in the community is empowered and understands that she has the courage to rise to the call that is upon her life. That is fantastic. I, I, I just tell you, I'm, I'm uh, um, you know, honored to have you on here and, and talk about all of this stuff. Something that's near and dear to me that you talk about is the... Uh, living a courageous, bold life. Now, when I hear this, Mary Catherine, I, I'm taken back to uh, uh, so many years of of feeling um, uh, uh, less than, um, not empowered, all of those things. As 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 I told you, I lost I lost my mother to a to a drug overdose. I certainly uh, uh, have have walked that path. I have made unwise. Um, um, decisions and and all of this and so to me whenever I go back to that when I when I put myself back in that hardship back in that trial back in that tragedy I I want to tell you that a statement like that seems so far off living a courageous bold life feels something like like I don't know if you've ever heard of John Eldridge wild at heart um, and and yes. so so it just sounds like this mysterious thing to Oh, I'm gonna live a courageous, bold life, but, but honestly, that can be broken down into day by day steps. Can you give us a little insight on what that looks like for a woman who is just trying to make it through the day, Mary Catherine, of of another day? What does it mean for her to live a courageous, bold life? Oh, that is such a good question. I have goosebumps right now yeah. because. I I think especially in this world today, 2020, you know, I listened to your your podcast with Brady Boyd, Mm -hmm. and I thought he said it beautifully when the two of you were talking that people are burned out, overwhelmed, anxious, um, you know, questioning um, who, you know, who they can trust. And so, uh, you know, those simple day-to-day practices, one of my favorite mantras and the way that I not only rebuilt my life, you know, because it's it's not just about overcoming, in my mind, something huge like an addiction or huge like cancer. It's about how do we, as children of God, live an empowered and courageous life 
when we get up and go to work every day and we know that we have a really big presentation that day and the competition, the stakes are high. Yeah. Um, people are counting on us. And so this is about living day to day, day in and day out uh, courageously. And there are five things that I talk about that no matter where women or, you know, people are on their journey, I talk about five things. I talk about uh, transparency and honesty as a practice. I talk about becoming impeccable through the practice of being your word, um, becoming a generous human being through the practice of servant leadership, becoming victorious by running with other champions, and becoming wise through the practice of putting God first. So, and they may seem like really basic day-to-day practices, right? But when we think about the building blocks of how we build our life, I believe that when we master the basics, like putting God first, getting up every day and just taking 15 minutes, five minutes to pray, you know, five minutes to read something. I like to call it read, pray, listen. I love that. You read something for five minutes, you pray on what you just read for five minutes, and then you set your timer, all you type A's out there that are like (laughs) looking at the clock, just set your timer for five minutes and just be still and listen for the word of God. And regardless, so it's like read, pray, listen is one tool uh, that I do on a day-to-day basis um, that helps me to live an empowered life. You know, and I love that. I love those five those five principles, transparency, impeccable, generous, victorious, uh, wise. Now, one that sticks out to me um, as, as impeccable, uh, t- tell me a little more about about this principle. This is this was actually one of the hardest practices for me to write. Um, but when you think about being an impeccable, the word impeccable means pure, yeah. right? So when we think about being impeccable through the practice of being our word, have you ever been? Um, let's say one of your best buddies, you haven't seen him since high school or college, and he tells you, Dustin, I'm going to be there Friday at 5 o'clock. Yeah. And then Friday at 4.50, he calls you and says, hey, man, I'm not going to make it because, and then tells you, you know, whatever the reason is. Yeah. And the relationship at that moment is impaired. Yes. We may show grace and say, hey, man, you know, I was, I'm going to miss you. I was looking forward to seeing you. But when we, every time we don't keep our word, it creates a gap in the relationship with our children, with our spouse, with our, our colleagues or teammates at work. And so becoming an impeccable human being and at the very basic practice, because we all break our commitments from time to time. So there's no condemnation or no shame in what I'm talking about. But think about what your community would look like or your family unit if if you just were able to keep your word and you set up your life in such a way that when you said what I told you, you know, Dustin, um, my husband and I are going to be at the house at 5 o'clock Friday for dinner – when we give somebody our word, we create kind of
kind of an expectation. Yeah. And words are generative. They create things, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so when we don't keep our word over and over and over again, a couple of things happen. Number one is we no longer trust ourselves. And it's very, it's, it's kind of a slow eroding process over time. Yeah. But every time I tell myself I'm going to do something and I don't do it, there's a gap and I quit trusting myself. But the other thing that happens is, and it seems pretty obvious, other people don't trust me either. Mm, mm. But it's not something where they say, I don't trust MK because she doesn't keep her commitments right up front. It's kind of that slow process that happens over time. And the gaps between us grow wider and wider and wider. And so becoming impeccable means we are who we say we are, who we are, and we're going to do what we say that what we're going to do. And when we don't keep that commitment, we don't make excuses. We just call and say, I didn't keep my commitment to you because, quite frankly, the call with my boss was more important to me. We take ownership of it and say, but I take responsibility and I'll be my word next time. Because the person on the other end needs to know that you acknowledge that you broke your commitment because that's part of the healing process. So that what you are talking about is a simple principle that is so big. It is so... We all have that one relative or that one friend that's like, yeah, who knows if she'll be there? Or, or, um, or yeah, who knows uh, what time they'll get there? We're supposed to all be there at 6, but you know her. She's going to show up late. And so we... We all have, and you know that transfers into their day-to-day life. You know that, that, that if we feel that way about our own family member, our own relative, or our own coworker, you know that that's transferring into their day-to-day life. So if we are that, that person that has just gotten into um, a rut of just not being able to uphold commitments or or maybe it's something you don't even recognize about yourself. It's so key and it's so huge and it's so pivotal that you begin to understand that even though it is lightweight commitments, you don't view them as as a thousand percent uh, um, must-dos. They, they really are. Like, like they train us up in who we are tomorrow, the decisions that we make today. And, and so, and so telling these people, you're going to be on time, telling people that you're going to do this. uh, uh, When you say, when I say to you, Mary Catherine, I'm going to take that box for you and go mail it. Um, I, I want you to feel comfortable and confident that when I take that box from you, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's done. And so, um, and so it's like an integrity concept of, of this whole idea of being impeccable. And, and I love how you relate all of these things, transparency, impeccable, generous, victorious, wise, into living create, co- courageously because it's all simple stuff that we can add to our day-to-day lives. Well, you're right about that. And so there's one other piece of being an impeccable human being is um, the words that we choose. Mm -hmm. And again, this may seem like a really simple practice, right? But we know through scripture that words create things. We know that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And 
we are co-creators on the planet. And we've seen a really good example of this in 2020 um, in political relationships. We've seen how language make, has made a difference there um, in the, the conversation around race. And so the other piece of becoming impeccable with our word is not just keeping our commitments, but recognizing and this is, this is based on neuroscience. This isn't just my opinion. Um, you could look at Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a neuroscientist and a woman of faith. You could look at Deepak Chopra, Dr. Randy Blakely. There are so many neuroscientists that are now proving through um, quantum physics and you know high technology um, that when we say something, it is generative. Yeah. And so we have the power to use our words to not only keep our commitments, um, but, but to generate um, relationships, right? To yeah. create communities where despite our differences, we can show respect and grace. And I talk about all of the practices that I teach as a bold stand for love in the world. That when we could choose to be... Um, detrimental to someone's character or to gossip or to say things that are hateful when we choose to see the best in someone that's a superpower yes and when we choose to give grace and say you know what um i see the world differently than you but you're a child of god and i'm going to use my language to build you up and to believe in you um it makes a big difference. So this just kind of hit me while we were talking, and if I'm if I'm looking at it wrong, tell me. But um, it, it just kind of hit me that that I think a lot of our struggles, a lot of our our, our issues um, with with the world today, is we live for the moment. We look for we look for a moment. Okay, there. I, I'm at the grocery store. I'm aggravated. Um, this person just got in my way. All everything we're reacting to everything in the moment. And I think what you're saying is we don't really need to necessarily look at the moment, but use, use it. What, like, what is the momentum? What, what creates momentum, not the moment? And so I think our words that we use, our, the way we see things in the moment can create momentum for us in the, in the future. So, so instead of looking at the moment, look for momentum and, and how we can, how we can use this moment, this situation that we're in to kind of uh, make us better, uh, use it to help someone else to show grace, to participate in a moment of grace, to do all of the, how can we use the moment for momentum rather than just reacting to the moment? That's good. Use the moment to create momentum. And I think that's where grace can come in. I mean, let's face it, we've all said things that are not good for mankind We've all said things about people that if we look back, we're like, why did I say that? Yeah. You know? Um, And so you bring up such a great point that, and I think this is where true leadership resides um, and emotional intelligence is that just, and this is the, this is how I got sober. Okay. And this is the practice that, I apply even now as a successful, you know, business leader and um, 
I'm a full-time fundraiser at a university in brain health technology and, and education. And, you know, just because I think something doesn't make it true. Mm. And just because I think something doesn't mean I need to say something. Yes. And so when I recognized and when I went through a variety of, you know, theology school, and then I did a number of um, very intense leadership programs, when I learned that every thought that I have doesn't make it a fact, it makes it a belief, a story, or an interpretation, and that my stories and interpretations based on my life experience will be different than yours, it almost took the pressure off of me and of you that like, wow, I've met this new friend named Dustin and yeah. his, his experiences in life are going to be different than mine. And we both have different beliefs and interpretations, but what could we learn from one another and letting go of every thought that I have is actually a fact versus an interpretation when we, when we can sit around the table and say, hey, man, how did you interpret that conversation, um, you know, with maybe a reporter or somebody on the news or a preacher, you yeah, know, or a pastor yeah. at church? It all of a sudden opens up the dialogue where we can actually step into the life of someone else. And going back to your point about momentum for the future, it's what do we want to create together? Listen, Mary Catherine, this is genius, and so um, I, I, this is absolute genius. Like I've got, I've got things kind of downloading right now, and I want to try to get them all into, into words here. Like it's almost like our worldview is shaped by, by social media. It's shaped by, by the things that we watch, the people, what people tell us. It's shaped by. Uh, uh, our own experiences growing up through life, what our teachers have told us, what our parents have told us. We've got all of this information just downloading into our system, into our our brain. And when we take the time to just say stop and we just push it all back and I get to know you for myself. That's and, right. and, and, I, and I get to know somebody based off who they are and their fruit. And I love my neighbor uh, as I love myself. Oh my gosh, at the world that opens up besides just what Earl said about Vicky. I can now learn to know Vicky for myself, you know? And well, and it's and, just beautiful. Oh my gosh, and you bring up such a powerful point that, you know, it was actually my, my brother that said this to me this year because there's been so much drama he said, you know, we almost have to, every time you turn on the TV, you almost have to view it as though you're watching a movie that's being created by the person narrating it, wow. right? Yeah. And it's almost like when you go to the theater and you watch Jurassic Park, right? You yeah. have highs, you have lows, here yeah. comes the dinosaur, oh my God, it's coming through <laughs> the screen! Yes. And as 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 people of faith, as women of principle, as as men who are overseeing the well-being of their families, this is where the power is, and this is where we get to shift the world, is to step back, like you're saying, and ask ourselves, is what we're, is what the national media is telling us, is it true? Is it an interpretation? 
where are they trying to take us as a, as a human race, as humanity? And is it really where we want to go going back to your momentum and, you know, moving towards the momentum is we, if we, like, I have people tell me all the time, um, oh my gosh, Mary Catherine, you know, you're, um, I, you know, I'm a Republican. I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that I have tons of friends who are Democrat and we sit down at the table and I've had a couple people tell me, look, man, if you don't agree the way that I do, I'm, you can't be my friend. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, that is crazy. Absolutely. Like, teach me something, you know, let me get into your worldview. Help me understand because it doesn't matter if we're Republican or Democrat. This is about who are we as human beings and how can we learn from each other and help each other to grow? And if we can't talk about our challenges at the table, how are we supposed to fix it nationally? Yes. And, and look, I had, I had a guy named Omar, uh, Omar Zhang, I think was his name. And so he was an African refugee. Like he literally like life was on the line. People were coming in his wow. doors with machetes to kill his whole family. And he like, oh and, and yeah, if you get the chance to go back and, and listen to Omar Zhang, uh, he's a, he's a, he's now a motivational speaker that speaks on resilience and, and all of that. And so just an awesome guy. And I saved this throughout the whole podcast and towards the middle of it or towards the end, I released the information that Omar was Muslim. Okay, and there's a reason I did that. It's because I wanted people to understand, Mary Catherine, that it's not just Republican Democrats. It's not just Christian and Muslims. It's not just all of this stuff. We do life on this planet together, and we can all learn from one another. So we had this this powerful moment where we unloaded his life story and his and his five points of resiliency and all of this and then we released that information and we made it a point to say we can still love one another and we can still live on this planet together and right. and and right or wrong like whether whether you think you're right or I think I'm right still we can show love to that's one right. another and i just think that's that's, right. that's so huge so now now, shifting that that momentum, so to speak, you may there may be somebody listening to this podcast that says, Mary Catherine, this is wonderful stuff, and um, I hear what you're saying, but listen, I just need to go get some eggs. I just need to go get some milk, you know, and, and, and I've got all this stuff piling on top of me. Um, uh, the baby's crying. I've got to go get this stuff. Why is it important for me to feel empowered? And what do you say to that woman right there? I would say she is the everyday hero that I'm interested in doing life with. Wow, good answer. Um, Because it isn't really about the moment. You know, I like to say it's not about Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter or, you know, depending on us. It's really about the Monday through Friday. How are we celebrating life Um, every day together and I created a a speaker series called women of principle speaker series and it's I kind of modeled it after you know you know how Oprah Winfrey has all of these like mega Eckhart Tolle Deepak Chopra like yep people who've made millions of dollars doing what they do yep 
And I've tried to take that model and invite the woman who's got to go get eggs and bacon and, you know, milk for her kids. Um, Those are the women we feature on the Women of Principle Speaker Series is, you know, the woman who is a true champion in her life. She is resilient. She is courageous. Um, And so what I... My mission, and I have goosebumps right now, what I hope to do is speak into her life in such a way to say, you are who God says you are. Yes. And if you're if you're at Publix or, or Walmart or wherever you buy your groceries and, and you are filling the cart for your family, you're doing life and you're doing what God has called you to be. I think the power for her and the power for me, because I'm just like her, my daughter's 26, so I'm, yeah. I don't do groceries like I did. But it is, how do we live courageously? Like, how do I get up every day as a fundraiser and as the leader of the Women of Principle community and do life today and rise to the call that is upon my life doing what I do? Mm, So you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask, I was going to ask you, does this whole sense of feeling empowered and empowerment and all of that, does that play into rising to the call? So what exactly, uh, take me what rising to the call looks like. Because for me, it, it sounds like I've got to rise to the call. I've got to be this great leader that goes out and like does something major. I got to be Oprah. I got to be, I got to do all of this. But how does this rising to the call play out in in my life of, look, I'm just providing for my family. So, so, so take me through that. So there are a couple of ways that we rise to our call. And in, it's one of the final chapters in my book. It's called Rising to Your Call. And it is about living every day as a woman of principle. Um, it's about knowing your values and implementing simple spiritual practices into your life so that you are living significantly every day. Look, some of us are called to be a full-time mom. Yes. Some of us are called to be teachers, bankers, musicians, um, educators, and others are going to be called to the national stage. That's not the point. The point is that, and I think about this, Dustin, all the time. I was just thinking about it again yesterday. My, my prayer was, Lord, what is it about us? as women of faith, as people of faith, that we still don't believe that we can do something truly significant with our lives. Where is the gap? Why is it that, where are we missing the mark? Yes. And so rising to your call is, is really about knowing, um, that we get to declare who we say that we are. I am a powerful, authentic, trusting, charismatic woman. And no matter what I do, I am being her as I'm doing that. Mm, That's good. That is good. And so that is what I would say to the woman who's like, man, I got to run. I got to go to Publix. Who are you being as you're doing that? Who do you say that you are? Declare it. Step into it. So whether you're flipping burgers on the grill or you're giving a presentation to 5,000 people, who are you being doing that? What is the message you are sending? That is how we rise to the call. It's no matter where we're at, we practice stepping into our power being her. 
and and I want to kind of shift towards a a close here with with wise being wise and putting God first. So here's here's I guess I guess my question. Um, it, all who are struggling in this area, and listen, we all do, uh, men and women. We all struggle with with day to day life and all of that. I love your your read, pray, listen analogy. I love that. Um, what have you found? Um, has it been? I'm not going to say easier because life is tough. There are things that happen day to day basis, but but what is that pressure? What is that pressure? How has it been released by putting by putting God first? What does that look like in your in your own life? The hardest lesson I've learned is. Um, You know, the pressure, when I was brave enough to do what I really had dreamed about for decades, which was writing my book and starting this community, it's almost like, Dustin, when I stepped into that, the pressure was, it was like released because I knew that I was stepping into what was important to me and what I truly believe God had, had put on my heart. And it took me a decade to do it Mm. because I was too afraid of what people would say. Um, I cared more about that than I did my own dreams. Yeah. And so when I started putting God first, not like a plaque on the wall, put God first, but when I started literally prayer changed my life when I began to take just a few minutes every day and say, God, please help me. So if there's someone in your audience today that's in really tough times and doesn't believe that God is who he says he is, that's where I started is God, if you are who you say you are, will you show yourself to me today in some way? And it's really over almost two decades that I was able to step into my power and thus into my freedom where I'm not consumed with anxiety or fear like I once was. So I would say, and I know you're getting ready to close, is I would say what you practice, you become. Mm. So mm. If, you, if you want to become an honest person, practice telling uh, simple truths about yourself every single day. If you want a a strong relationship with your children, practice showing them love in very simple ways every day. Um, If you want to achieve a dream in your life, practice running with champions. Who are those two or three people um, that you can call upon that you admire that are a little bit further along in their journey than you are? Uh, If you want to experience um, some wisdom in your life, I mean, supernatural wisdom, because there is this thing called human reason, right? Or human wisdom, and that comes from knowledge and reason. And you can relate that to a lot of scientists, right? They are super, super wise. But if you take your human wisdom, your reason and your knowledge, and you take time every day to put God first in prayer, meditation, read in the word of God, put on some good music... Your wisdom, your human wisdom, will be overlaid with the supernatural wisdom of God, and your life will begin to explode in ways you can't imagine. 
Wow. Well said. And, and I just I absolutely um, am so excited uh, about this podcast. I'm excited about your mission, Mary Catherine, and, and getting to know you and all of that. Um, can't thank you enough for uh, the, the, the obedience to follow God's calling. And I believe he's going to use you to do immeasurably and abundantly more. Um, and so, yes, absolutely. Now, if, if there are women listening that say, I want to know more about this whole women of principle ideology, I, I want to know more about this book that you've got out. I want to know more about you. How can I get involved in your, um, in, in your circuit? So, there are two places. Um, one is they can go to womanofprinciple.com and get to know me and our, you know, our vision and mission for the world. Um, and there's a button there that says, get my newsletter. Um, we send out one message a week cause we're, we're just getting started. We have about 700 women who are formerly a part of this community so far. And, and they are, there are some really amazing, beautiful everyday Wonderful. women. Um, the second thing is we have a private group on Facebook called Women of Principle, Mm. and any of your lady friends that are looking for a community of faith-based women who want to use their power for good um, can find us there. Um, And my book, and I really appreciate you asking, is also on the Women of Principle website. Great, great, great. And what's the title of the book again? It's called Becoming Woman of Principle. Transforming your mind, living courageously, rising to your call. Man, I love it. And again, I thank you so much. And uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our uh, moment with Mary Catherine Morales. Please go on to uh, her website, learn more about her. Remember, use the moment to create momentum. Love you guys. As for our listeners, I will see you in the next couple of days.